Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome to Blog Talk Radio. We have Evangelist Janet Taylor. She can hold her own. I'm going to be off. I'm giving her the mic. She got it for one hour and 59 minutes. It's her night. She's going to let you know how to reach her. She's going to let you know how to sow a seed to her ministry. Everybody, Evangelist Janet Taylor for one hour and 59 minutes. Amen. Well, praise the Lord to the church. And we do thank and praise God for each one of you joining us tonight here at Walls of Fire Deliverance Ministry International. This is your host, Evangelist Janet Taylor. And uh, we're coming to you live from Walls of Fire Deliverance Ministry International. Uh, You can reach us on the web at www.wallsoffiredeliveranceMIN.com. Let me say that again www.wallsoffiredeliverancemin.com. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 1148, Walkertown, North Carolina, 27051. Our phone number here is 336-575-0206. And our email address is J-E-T. 245-at-msn.com. Uh, you can PayPal us if you'd like to sow a seed to 336-575-0206, or you can zell us at jet245-at-msn.com. I give all praise to God who is the head of my life, giving glory to uh, Apostle Emmett Overton of the Fellowship of Deliverance Ministry for allowing me uh, this space here tonight. And want to thank God for each and every one of you tuning in with us tonight. There is a word from the Lord, and it's a fresh manna, fresh manna from the Lord. And so let's go now. Uh, to the Word of God. Before I begin this broadcast, I am going to blow the shofar. Glory be to God. The sound of the shofar has uh, many different meanings, and tonight um, God is having me to blow the shofar to wake up the sleeping church. So I'm going to blow the shofar and decree a thing tonight. Amen. Tonight, God is speaking to his church 
about prayer. And I want to talk to you from the Word of God and tell you what he's saying to me about prayer to tell the church about prayer. All right. So we're in 1 Kings chapter 8, verse 59 and 60. And it reads, And these let these my words, wherewith I have made supplication before the Lord, be nigh unto the Lord your God day and night, that he maintain the cause of his servant and the cause of his people Israel at all times, as the matter shall require, that all the people of the earth may know that the Lord is God and that there is none else. I want to read this again. Glory be to God. And let these my words wherewith I have made supplication before the Lord be nigh unto the Lord our God day and night, that he maintain the cause of his servants and the cause of his people at all times, as the matter shall require, that all the people of the earth may know that the Lord is God and that there is none else. So the uh, uh, word of the Lord tonight is the perseverance uh, to pray. Glory, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And we know that this was the prayer that Solomon prayed when he dedicated the temple unto the Lord. He was asking God to let his words that he had made before the Lord when he was dedicating that temple, let it be near the Lord both day and night so that God would maintain the cause of his servant, which was Solomon. Now, what does it mean to maintain the cause? In other words, that God would keep the prayer and keep uh, 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 Solomon right. Glory be to God. Keep this prayer and uh, that he might maintain the cause of his people also, that God would fight for them and that God would protect them and that God would keep Israel. And so Solomon prayed this prayer when he dedicated the temple. This is how he concluded his prayer. And the Bible says that Solomon says that all the people of the earth may know that the Lord is God and there is none else. Glory, hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Now, I want to uh, share... Uh, with you uh, a little bit concerning this, and then I, I have a lot of scripture that I'm going to share. The scripture tells us that the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous availeth much. That's found in James 5 and 16. And from this, we learn and see the power of prayer. Prayer is to the believer. Prayer is vital to uh, the church and, and, and to those that believe in Jesus Christ. Prayer is important. We have to pray. The church has to pray. The members have to pray. 
everybody has to pray because when we pray, this is how we get the mind of Christ on situations and circumstances. You see, the scriptures tell us that we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when we pray, God reveals things to his people like he did uh, his servant Daniel and Joseph. Joseph did not know of uh, the king's uh, uh, dream, but the Lord revealed it uh, to him. Same with Daniel. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. And so uh, the Lord reveals things to his people when we call on him, when we seek his face, when we inquire of the Lord. David inquired of the Lord often. I mean, so many times he inquired of the Lord so that he would know what to do. He did not act rashly or impulsively. He did not act out of his flesh. David waited until he got a word from the Lord before he moved out on anything. So prayer is vital um, to the church and to the believer. Now, if you have uh, a praying church, if you're part of a praying church, you're part of a powerful church. If you are part of a prayerless church, you're part of a powerless church. Glory be to God. Now, I want to break that down to the individual uh, because people don't understand how this applies to us as individuals. If you are a praying saint of God, you are a powerful saint of God. If you are a prayerless saint of God, you are a powerless saint of God. So prayer, prayer is your prayer life is equivalent to your power. Glory be to God. Now, the disciples, uh, they went to Jesus and, and, and they said, teach us to pray. Now, so many people misquote that because uh, that comes out of Matthew chapter 6. So many people misquote that. They said, they said uh, teach us how to pray. They never said, teach us how to pray. If you read it, they said, teach us to pray. Glory be to God. The disciples heard Jesus pray, and they wanted to learn to pray. Glory be to God. What does it mean? What is the difference between learning how to pray and learning to pray? Learning to pray means to be consistent in prayer. You want a prayer life. Glory be to God. Learning how to pray, you want the format. Glory be to God. So I, I, I need you to understand that believers who don't pray need to be asking God, teach us to pray. Glory be to God. And Jesus responded by teaching them the Lord's Prayer, which is a model. It's just a model. Glory be to God. Uh, but the Bible is filled with examples of how God intervened in the lives of his people and moved on their behalf when they prayed. So it is it, it behooves every believer to pray. And if you don't know how to pray, then ask God not just to teach you to pray, but ask him to teach you how to pray. Um, glory be to God. The saints pray. Some people have an anointing, an anointing to pray. Uh, glory be to God. 
but you can just ask God for that anointing to pray. And uh, uh, there are also seasons of prayer. You can ask God for that. But you really want God to teach you to pray. And that is to be consistent. We need to pray daily. We need to pray. The Bible says pray without ceasing. Glory be to God. So the saints, uh, I'm going to give you a couple of examples. The saints of God prayed uh, when Peter was in prison in Acts chapter 12 when Herod uh, was about to execute him. He had already executed uh, John and was about to uh, execute Peter, but he was going to wait till after Easter. And the saints began to pray, and they prayed fervently for Peter that God would deliver him from the hands of Herod. They prayed so hard that when God sent an angel to that prison to release Peter, and Peter uh, got up, got dressed, followed the uh, angel out the first ward, through the second ward, and out the gate, glory be to God. And the prisoners, uh, they remained asleep. The guards remained asleep. Uh, when they began to pray, they prayed so hard that when Peter knocked at the door, the very thing that they had been praying for was that God would deliver Peter. When Peter, the delivered Peter, knocked at the door, they didn't even believe that Peter was at the door. They thought it was his spirit. The young lady named Rhoda answered the door, and uh, Peter said, it's me, it's me. Well, she recognized Peter's voice, but she did not open the door in her excitement. She ran back to the saints in the room that they were praying in, and the Bible said that they were still praying when Peter knocked at that door. She went to tell them that Peter was at the door, and they told her she was mad, that it must be his spirit. Well, she insisted that it was Peter. It was Peter. So they finally went to the door, and lo and behold, there was Peter. God had delivered him from Herod. Now, people often say prayer changes things. Well, prayer doesn't change things, but praying to God, God will change things. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. So there is much power in prayer, and it behooves us as children of the Most High God to persevere in prayer. Glory be to God. Hezekiah. Hezekiah was a king uh, of the children of Israel, and he prayed because Isaiah the prophet went to him and told him that he needed to get his house in order because he was going home to be with the Lord. And Hezekiah turned his back to the wall and prayed fervently. And God, the prophet, had already left, but God sent the prophet back. Isaiah returned to Hezekiah because God said, go back and tell Hezekiah, I have heard his prayer and I have added 15 more years to his life. You see, God hearkened to the prayer of a man who cried out to God. He wasn't ready to die. And he, God gave him 
15 more years according to his prayer. Now, Elijah, let's, um, I want to go to uh, 1 Kings. Let's go to 1 Kings chapter 18. Glory be to God. And we're going to start at verse 36 and 37. And this is what it says. And it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Israel, let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel and that I am thy servant and that I have done all these things at thy word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that thou art the Lord God, and that thou hast turned back their heart, back, thou hast turned their heart back again. Glory be to God. You see, Elijah had gathered the people together with the false prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel. These were uh, Jezebel's prophets, her cronies. And so they called themselves prophets. And Elijah had gone up on Mount Carmel. And there was, he, 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 he put a fleece out. He, 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 he made a decree, and he said to the people, he said, you know, why are y'all still worshiping this false god? He said, how long will ye halt between two opinions? If God, if the Lord be God, follow him. But if not, follow Baal. And the people, they didn't say anything. So then Elijah went on to say, I tell you what, today we're going to have a showdown. The real God is about to stand up. And so he told the false prophet, he said, I want you to take two bullets, one for you and one for me. He said, lay it, cut it in pieces, lay it on the altar. Don't put no fire under it. He said, and I'm going to dress the other bullet. He said, and uh, I'm I'm going to lay it on wood, and I ain't going to put no fire on it. He said, and I want y'all to call on the name of your God. He said, and I'm going to call on the name of the Lord, the Most High God. He said, and the God that answered by fire, he is the Lord. And so the people said he had said well. So that's what he did. He let the false prophets go first. And those false prophets hollered from sun up to sundown. And they cried and they cried and hollered for their God to answer, and he did not answer. And Elijah started poking a little fun with him. He said, cry loud, and maybe he's asleep. And he said, maybe he's on a journey. Maybe he's busy. He said, holler a little bit louder. Maybe he can't hear you. Maybe his hearing aid don't work. And um, he let them holler, and then they began to cut themselves. And the prophet knew that that uh, that their God was not going to answer. 
so at the uh, setting of the sun, the prophet said to them, are y'all through? And, of course, they were through. They had to cut themselves and bled up. They did everything they knew to do to get their God to answer. But how many of you know there is only one true and living God, and his name is the Lord? Jesus Christ, the Son of God, hallelujah. The Bible tells us that there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved, that God has given him a name that is highly exalted above all names, that at the name of Jesus, every knee is going to bow, every tongue is going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. So uh, when the false prophets got through, then it was God's time, because God will always let the devil go first. God is a gentleman. He will always let the devil go first. So he let the devil go first. He let them false prophets go first because Elijah knew they had no power. Elijah knew that there was nothing to them. Elijah knew that that whatever gods they were calling on, they were no gods. They were false gods. And Elijah knew he was calling upon the true and living God. So Elijah set his altar up, and he began to uh, uh, he cut the bullock in pieces. He laid it on wood, and then he, before he even called on the name of God, Elijah went one step beyond, and he poured water all on the altar. He filled up the trenches with water. Now, he made it, he made it where it, was no, it would be no doubt who his God was. And then Elijah prayed, and this is what he prayed, glory be to God in the highest. Elijah prayed and said, hear me, O Lord, that this people may know that thou art the Lord and that thou hast turned their heart back again. He said, let it be known that you are God, that you are the true and living God. Hallelujah. And the Bible says, then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones, and the dust, and licked up the water that was in the trench. And when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and said, the Lord, he is the God. The Lord, he is the God. Glory be to God. But Elijah did nothing without praying. I'm talking about the perseverance of prayer. We have to learn how to persevere in prayer. Glory be to God. You see, Elijah prayed on Mount Carmel and asked God to show himself mighty before the people so they would know who the true and living God is. Hannah prayed. Hannah prayed so fervently in the temple for a child that Eli the priest thought she was drunk, answered her prayer and blessed her with a son. And that son was Samuel the prophet, and she dedicated him back to the Lord. All right? Solomon prayed when he finished and dedicated the temple. Daniel prayed diligently, even at the threat of his own life, because Nebuchadnezzar had made a decree that whosoever 
was praying to another God because he calls himself God, who was praying to another God that he should be put to death. Daniel prayed three times. And you know what? He didn't even care who heard him. He prayed with his window open. Glory be to God. He didn't even care who heard him. And he knew the decree that Nebuchadnezzar had made. But Daniel prayed diligently, and God answered him. Glory be to God. God delivered him and the three Hebrew boys from the fiery furnace and from the den of lions. Jonah prayed when he was in the belly of the whale. Glory be to God. I can see Jonah praying now. Lord, if you get me out of this, I promise I'll go straight to Nineveh. And that's exactly what happened. God delivered him from the belly of the whale, and Jonah went straight to Nineveh. Glory be to God. Jeremiah prayed. After he obeyed God and bought the land from his kinsmen, he prayed, glory be to God, because prayer, we get direction from God. The Bible says, in all thy ways acknowledge him, and he will direct thy path. When we pray and ask God for direction, he will direct us in the way that we should go. Sometimes God will answer audibly. Sometimes God will answer through his word. Sometimes God will answer through another saint of God. And sometimes God will just move you in the right direction. Glory be to God. So you might say, well, I didn't hear nothing. Well, God will move you in that right direction. The step that you take is the step that God wanted you to take. Glory be to God. Why? Because you prayed. Manoah prayed that God would resend the angel to instruct him and his wife before Samson was born because the angel had appeared to Manoah's wife, and when she tried to uh, recount what he had said, she couldn't remember it all. So Manoah prayed and asked God to send the angel back so that he could get the instruction on how they were supposed to uh, raise Samson. Glory be to God. And do you know what? God sent the angel back. You see, prayer is powerful. Prayer is our direct line of communication with God. He delights when we pray, when we talk to him, when we come to him, when we ask for his help, when we ask him to guide us and lead us and teach us and show us the way. God delights in that. Nehemiah prayed to God when he was uh, the king's cupbearer. When the king asked him what did he want, before Nehemiah answered him, the Bible says that he prayed. Glory be to God. Isn't that something to pray before you even give an answer? You might know the answer. It might be the correct answer but you still pray. You know why? Because you want to make sure that it comes out right, and you want to make sure that you say exactly what God wants you to say and none of what your flesh might speak. Okay? Spirit-filled words are different from natural words. Glory be to God. So Manoah prayed. Uh, Nehemiah prayed. Hallelujah. He wanted to know. He wanted to know 
what to answer the king. So before he answered, he prayed to God. The apostle Paul prayed, asking God three times to remove the thorn in his flesh. But God answered him and said, my grace is sufficient for thee. Glory be to God. Somebody needs to hear that tonight. Glory be to God. You have a petition before God, and God is saying his grace is sufficient for thee. Hallelujah. Now, what we have to learn to do is when God, when we pray and God answers, we have to accept the answer that God gives. So many times people stop praying because they don't like the answer that God gives. Glory be to God. God might say yes. God might say no. God might say wait. Glory be to God. But we have to accept the answer that God gives because God alone knows what's best for us. We don't know. Hallelujah. Peter prayed for the little girl Tabitha in Acts chapter 9 and verse 40. Now, what I want to know is why is it that most Christians are not praying? Christians are not praying. There is little or no prayer going on in our churches today. Even in the home, there's no prayer. I did a survey. I did a survey when I was getting my doctorate. I did a survey at three Christian schools. And one of the questions on this survey was, do you have prayer at home? Almost all of these kids, I mean, I want to say 98% of them. Now, this was three different Christian schools. Christian schools, 98% of them said no. They don't have prayer at home. There's no prayer going on in the home, no prayer going on at church. There's no prayer. Now, we wonder why the body of Christ's uh, divorce rate is 50%. It's the same as the uh, uh, non-believers. Why? I think prayer contributes to that, or shall I say prayerlessness contributes to that. I think that's a factor. The family, there's an old saying, the family that prays together stays together. So why aren't people praying? Why why aren't believers? I understand why sinners are not praying, but why aren't believers praying? Why don't believers want to talk to the God of their salvation? Why is there such little prayer going on in our churches? I remember when I was a little girl, my grandmother used to take me to Wednesday night prayer meetings. It wasn't prayer and Bible study. It was prayer meetings. They had prayer. Glory be to God. But now prayer meetings, that's not even one of the ministries in the church anymore. And if it is, in some churches, there is still prayer meetings. It is the least attended meeting of all the meetings. You can have choir rehearsal, deacon's board meeting, usher meeting, uh, business meeting, the finance, trustees. You can have all of these other meetings. And they will be well attended. But the prayer meeting is the least attended meeting in our churches today. I want to know why. Why is it that people 
who say they love the Lord, who say they believe God and trust him to God. I don't understand that. I don't understand that. Why don't we want to talk to God? Now, in the Old Testament, they had a situation. Moses used to go up on uh, the mount and get instructions from God. And the people rose up against Moses. And they told Moses, who made you king over us? We can hear him for ourselves. We, we, yeah, we, we, we can talk to God for ourselves. So God heard what they said, and God told Moses, get the people together. Gather the people together. Get them at the base of this mountain. He said, and tell them, don't touch the mountain, not even an animal. He said, lest they die. He said, and I'm going to come down and speak with them. And when God came down, the mountain quaked. Glory be to God. And the people saw the thunder and lightning. This is what they heard when God spoke. And they were terrified just at the voice of God. And the Bible said that they told Moses, we're going to die. Tell him don't talk to us anymore. We'll listen to you from now on, lest we die. So they had a change of heart quick, fast, and in a hurry. Why? Because they realized that Moses, God's mouthpiece, and they had come against Moses. And God is so great and so mighty. It was a privilege, a privilege to be able to receive instruction from God. And it still is today. Now, the middle wall of partition has been torn down. In the Old Testament, you had to go through the priest. If you wanted to hear, talk to God, you had to go through the priest. Today, we can talk directly to God anywhere, any place, and any time. But why is it that in today's days, people do not want to talk to God? Is it that the people really don't know God? Because you know, I, I, I'm a little bit leery of talking to people that I don't really know. But people that I know, I'll talk to them. I don't pick up the phone and call people that I don't know. But people that I do know, I will call them. Glory be to God. I will fellowship with them by the phone, by telephone. So why, is that the reason that people are not talking to God? Have people lost faith in God? Have people, do people no longer believe that God is able so they don't bother to talk to him anymore? They don't bother to bring their needs to God? They don't bother to bring their prayer requests to God? Is, is it that people believe that there are some things God just can't do? The devil is a liar. Jeremiah said, is there anything too hard for God? The answer is absolutely not. There is nothing, absolutely nothing too hard for God. So why aren't people praying? Why are people going to see psychiatrists and psychologists and and all of these other so-called therapists instead of going to God? 
Now the new thing is life coaches. Uh, where did these life coaches come from? And if you're seeing a life coach, who is that life coach seeing? Where is that life coach getting their answers from? Why are people going to see another human being when you can go directly to God? Prayer is our direct line of communication to God. We don't have to have the middleman anymore. Glory be to God. This is what Jesus said in his word in John chapter 15. Whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you. That That's a blank check, whatsoever. But we got to learn how to wait on God. We got to learn God's timing is not our time. Sometimes we ask God to heal somebody, and we wonder why we didn't see the manifestation of it. God heals in many different ways. Sometimes we ask God to give us things, and we wonder why it's taking so long. Sometimes God's got to move things around. He's got to get some people in the right position because the person that you need to see to get what you need got to be in that seat on the day that God sends you there so that you will have favor. So God is always working. The scriptures tell us in Romans 8 and 28, and we know all things work together for good to them that love the Lord, who are the cause according to his purpose. Not my will, Lord, thy will be done. God is always working, working behind the scenes, working, hallelujah, to bring about situations and circumstances, glory be to God, to put us in positions of favor and to show grace to us, glory be to God. But we don't want to wait. We don't like to wait, glory be to God. We want it yesterday. We just asked for it today, but we wanted it yesterday. And God doesn't operate that way. God is a God of seasons. We're on God's timetable. Your very life, your very life is in God's hand. You were born at the time that God ordained for you to be born, and you will die at the time that God ordained for you to die. Everything is moving by the mighty power of God. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. So I want to give you some examples tonight of some people, some individuals in the Bible who prayed and how God answered prayers. Let's look at Daniel chapter 9, verses 3 through 19. So I gave my attention to the Lord God to seek him by prayer and supplications. There it is, prayer. Prayer was important to Daniel. He prayed three times a day with fasting, sackcloth, and ashes. I prayed to the Lord my God and confessed and said, Alas, O Lord, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant and loving kindness for those who love him and keep his commandments. We have sinned. You see, Daniel didn't say they have sinned. He said, we have sinned, committed iniquity, and acted wickedly and rebelled 
even turning aside from your commandments and ordinances. Daniel knew that the reason the children of Israel were taken into captivity was not because God was mean or God was cruel. It was because we have sinned. Glory be to God. And I think people are uncomfortable with confessing that. Believers today, we are uncomfortable with that. We don't want to tell the truth. We don't want to say, this is why this has happened to me. We don't want to tell God, I have sinned. Glory be to God. We as a nation, America, has sinned against God. We, hallelujah, we like to exclude ourselves from that. Moreover, we have not listened to your servants, the prophets, who spoke in your name to our kings, our princes, our fathers, and all the people of the land. You see, God kept sending prophets to Israel. He kept sending them prophets who would tell them that thus saith the Lord. He, 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 he sent the prophets to warn them. That's one of the chief functions of a prophet is to warn the people. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. But they wouldn't listen. They didn't want to hear it. They wanted prophets who would come and tell them itching ear messages. Those are messages that they want to hear. Like even today, you have these prophets who went along telling people, your breakthrough is on the way. Money coming. I see a tall, dark, handsome man. You're about to get your uh, a breakthrough. It's your season. That's what they want to hear. But nobody wants to hear the word, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. When a prophet comes with correction, when a prophet comes with warning, first of all, beware when God sends a prophet to town. Beware. The Bible says that Samuel was sent down to, to Jesse's house. Glory be to God. And the Bible says that the elders that were at the gate, they trembled at his coming. Glory be to God. Why? Because they knew that Samuel was a true man of God, and they knew that he was sent by God. If he showed up on your doorstep, they knew that the Lord had sent him. Glory be to God. And they knew that whatever Samuel spoke, it would be from the mouth of the Lord. He wouldn't add nothing to it, and he wouldn't take nothing away. He would say what thus saith the Lord, and the chips fell where they may. Where are those prophets at today? Glory be to God. Hallelujah. No, we got prophets today that tell people what they want to hear for a price. Oh, give me $200, and I'll tell you what the Lord is saying. That is not prophecy. That is divination. That's fortune-telling. Look it up in Acts chapter 16. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. We have got to learn how to persevere prayer. Glory be to God. The effectual, fervent prayer of the righteous 
avails much glory be to God. Sometimes people no longer want to pray. They have lost their appetite for prayer because they say, well, I already prayed about it. I've been praying and praying and praying. Keep praying. There's an old saying, P-U-S-H, pray until something happens. Pray until God moves. Glory be to God. Don't stop praying. Don't stop praying for your wayward son and your wayward granddaughter. Don't stop praying for that husband of yours to change. Don't stop praying for your wife, hallelujah, to be saved. Don't stop praying because the moment that you stop could be the very moment that God was just about to move. Glory be to God. So we have to learn how to persevere in prayer. Glory be to God. And the Bible is full of examples, full of examples of people who prayed until God moved. And they saw mighty results. They got they got the promises fulfilled because they prayed. Glory be to God. So Daniel prayed and he repented. Glory be to God. He said, righteousness belongs to you, O Lord, but to us, open shame. You see, he was a man of truth. He said, righteousness belongs to you, but to us, open shame, as it is this day. To the men of Judah, the inhabitants of Jerusalem and all Israel, those who are nearby and those who are far away in all the countries to which you have driven them because of their un faithful deeds which they have committed against you. See, Daniel knew how Israel had sinned against God. You see, all sin is against God. All sin is a sin against God. Open shame belongs to us, O Lord, to our kings, our princes, and our fathers, because we have sinned against you. Glory be to God. When we come to the to grips with that, how we have sinned, we as a people, and we as a nation, a body of believers, and we as individuals have sinned. You know what we like to say? We 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 try to dodge that bullet. You know what we like to say? Well, I, I'm not really a bad person. I'm a good person. The Bible says you're a liar. There's none good. There is none righteous, no, not one. If good could get us into the kingdom, uh, 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 almost everybody does something good at one point in time. But our good works won't get us into the kingdom. What will get us into the kingdom is that we receive salvation in Jesus' name. Our righteousness is as filthy rags before him. Glory be to God. And the word filthy rags means actually menstrual cloth. Glory be to God. We have sinned against God. Hallelujah. To the Lord our God belong compassion and forgiveness. For we have rebelled against him, nor have we obeyed the voice of God to walk in his teachings, which he set before us through his servants, the prophets. Indeed, all Israel has transgressed your law and turned aside, obeying not your voice. So the curse has been poured out on us. You see, 
Proverbs 26 and 2 says, the curse causeless shall not come. In other words, the curse is not going to show up without a cause. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. For it is written in the law of Moses, the servant of God, for we have sinned against him. Thus he has confirmed his words, which he had spoken against us and against our rulers who ruled us to bring on us great calamity. For under the whole heaven, there has not been done anything like what was done to Jerusalem. As it is written the law of Mo- in the law of Moses, all this calamity has come on us. Yet we have not sought the favor of the Lord our God by turning from our iniquity and giving attention to your truth. You see, in all that has happened, I just want to talk about America tonight. In all that has happened in this nation, we have still not forsaken our wicked ways and turned to the Lord and sought him, seeking his face. Hallelujah so that we might have favor with God. We still, we still in our sins. No matter what, we still in our sins. And, and we continue. We continue in this way. It's like we're on a, a downward spiral. And we, don't, we have no desire to change. No desire to forsake sin or to come out of it. We, we, just, we, we see what's happening even to this nation. We see what's happening, but but we don't care. We're going to keep doing what we're doing. And now, O Lord God, who have brought your people out of the land of Egypt with a mighty hand and have made a name for yourself as it is this day, we have sinned. We have been wicked. O Lord, in accordance with your all your righteous acts, let now your anger and your wrath turn away from your city, Jerusalem, your holy mountain. For because of our sins and the iniquities of our fathers, Jerusalem and your people have become a reproach to all those around us. So now, our God, listen to the prayer of your servant and to his supplications. And for your sake, O God, let your face shine on your desolate sanctuary. Oh, my God, incline your ear and hear. Open your eyes and see our desolations and the city which is called by your name. For we are not presenting our supplications before you on account of any merits of our own, but on account of your great compassion. Thy compassions are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. O Lord, hear. O Lord, forgive. Oh, Lord, listen and take action for your sake, oh, God. Hallelujah. Oh, my God, do not delay because your city and your people are called by your name. That's just one example of Daniel persevering in prayer. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Let's look at 2 Samuel chapter 15 and verse 31. This is David praying. Now, someone told David, saying, Ahithophel is among the conspirators with Absalom. And David said, O Lord, I pray, make the counsel of Ahithophel 
foolishness. He prayed a very simple prayer, but he prayed. He said, I ask you, O God, to make the counsel of Ahithophel foolishness. Glory be to God. James 5 and 18. Then he prayed again, and the sky poured rain, and the earth produced its fruit. This is James talking about Elijah the prophet, how Elijah prayed for uh, that there would be no rain for the space of three years, and it did not rain for three years. And then three years was up. Uh, there was a mighty famine as a result of that no rain. Then he prayed for rain again, and there was rain. The sky poured rain, and the earth produced its fruit. Glory be to God. One man, one man prayed that there would be no rain for the space of three years, and God answered the prayer of a man. Glory, glory be to God in the highest. First Kings chapter 17 and verse 21. Then he stretched himself upon the child three times and called to the Lord and said, O Lord my God, I pray you, let this child's life return to him. Glory be to God. Everybody knows that this is the story of how the prophet Elijah prayed, hallelujah, he prayed, hallelujah, for the little boy, and the little boy's uh, son was raised to life. Glory be to God. The child had died, and Elijah prayed, and uh, the child was brought back to life. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Now, I want to ask you, what is different about the prayers that I have just read, and the prayers of today. First of all, they were sincere prayers. Hallelujah. And they prayed according to the will of God. They did not pray to be seen of men. They prayed because they sought the Lord. Hallelujah. They hungered and thirsted after him, and they prayed. They talk to the God of heaven. Glory, hallelujah. Let's look at Ezra chapter 10. Now, while Ezra was praying and making confession, weeping and prostrating himself before the house of God, a very large assembly, men, women, and children, gathered to him, for the people wept bitterly. You see, whenever sin was pointed out, the people began, they would repent. They would repent. In this case, Ezra was dealing with uh, the children of Israel because they had mixed themselves with foreign nations, and, and they were not supposed to. And so Ezra was on assignment to cleanse the priesthood. And the Bible said that Ezra dealt with them according to their sins. Ezra prayed to God, and he made confession. He wept and prostrated himself before the Lord. And the scripture says, the people wept bitterly. 
Why? Because it was insincerity that Ezra prayed. He cried out from the depths of his heart, and God, God, hallelujah, heard his prayer. They were not playing with God. They were not uh, trying to make up eloquent speeches and enticing words. They cried out from the depths of their heart to God. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Let's look at Genesis 32 and 9. Jacob said, O God of my father Abraham and God of my father Isaac, O Lord, who said to me, return to your country and to your relatives, and I will prosper you. Jacob prayed. Now, we all know what a trickster and a supplanter he was, but nevertheless, when everything else failed, Jacob prayed to God. And God answered him. God told him, go back to your country and to your relatives. I'm going to bless you. Glory be to God. You see, prayer not only gets us uh, 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 answers, but but God will show us favor when we pray. Second Kings chapter 13 and verse 4. Then Jehoahaz entreated the favor of God, and the Lord listened to him, for he saw the oppression of Israel, how the king of Aram oppressed them. Jehoahaz prayed on behalf of the people. And the Bible says the Lord listened to him. Good God Almighty. Prayer, persevering in prayer. Jonah prayed to the Lord, his God, from the stomach of the fish. He was in the belly of the whale. Glory be to God. He prayed to the Lord and said, please, Lord, Was not this what I said while I was still in my own country? Therefore, in order to forestall this, I fled to Tarshish. For I knew that you are a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness, and one who relents concerning calamity. Therefore now, O Lord, please take my life from me, for death is better to me than life. Jonah prayed. He prayed. He called upon the name of the Lord. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. He prayed and asked God to deliver him out of the belly of the whale, and God did. The book of Habakkuk is a prayer. The whole uh, third chapter of Habakkuk is a prayer. Read it for yourself. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Let's look at 2 Kings. Hallelujah. Then Hezekiah took the letter from the hand of the messengers and read it. And he went up to the house of the Lord and spread it out before the Lord. Hezekiah prayed before the Lord and said, O Lord, the God of Israel, who are enthroned above the cherubim, you are the God, you alone. Of all the kingdoms of the earth, you have made heaven and earth. Incline your ear, O Lord, and hear. 
Open your eyes, O Lord, and see. Listen to the words of Sennacherib, which he sent to reproach the living God. Truly, O Lord, the kings of Assyria have devastated the nations and their lands and have cast their gods into the fire. For they were not gods, but the work of men's hands, wood and stone. So they have destroyed them. Now, O Lord, our God, I pray, deliver us from his hand that all the nations of the earth may know that you alone, O Lord, are God. That's what Hezekiah prayed. Hallelujah. Do you see there's no fancy words? They just cried out to God. They just cried out to God from the depths of their being. That's what prayer is. Prayer is just talking to God, having a conversation with God, and then it's a two-way conversation. You listen for what God has to say as well. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. So Hezekiah prayed, and we know God turned that situation around. Hallelujah. Let's look at Judges chapter 13 and 8. Then Manoah entreated the Lord and said, O Lord, please let the man of God whom you have sent to us come again that he may teach us what to do for the boy who is to be born. He prayed for the instructions for Samson's life. He prayed. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Deuteronomy 3 and 23. I also pleaded with the Lord at that time, saying, hallelujah. The man was praying. He was praying. Oh, let's look at Exodus 15 and 25. Then he cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree. And he threw it into the waters, and the waters became sweet. There he made for them a statute and regulation, and there he tested them. Bitter water became sweet when a man cried out to the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. We have to learn how to persevere in prayer. There's perseverance in prayer. Hallelujah. So many people are getting weak throwing in the towel, especially once this COVID-19 came. People were so distraught and just so overwhelmed, they forgot how to pray. They forgot how to pray. Fear gripped the people, gripped the nation, and they forgot, hey, wait, I can talk to God. I don't have to live in fear because God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. We don't have to be afraid. Pray. Ask God, hallelujah, to give us strength in our bodies. Ask God to give us peace. Hallelujah. So we can sleep at night. Do you know you can ask God for a good night of sleep? You can. Hallelujah. I've done it on many nights. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Have to pray and ask God for peace. 
You can ask God for peace because he is the prince of peace. Glory be to God. You can't find peace nowhere else, but the prince of peace can give you peace. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Persevering in prayer is important. Let's look to the New Testament, Acts chapter 16. But about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns of praise to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Glory be to God. Paul and Silas are in prison. They could have been moaning and groaning and mumbling and complaining, but instead they were praying and singing hymns to God. And what did God do? He loosed them. The Bible said about midnight, hallelujah, there was an earthquake in the prison. Glory be to God. The chains fell off. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. There's power in the name of Jesus. God broke the chains. Hallelujah. He broke the chains. Thank you, Lord. He broke the chains that had them bound. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. He'll break your chains, too. But you got to pray. You have to persevere in prayer. Okay? Let's go to Acts 9 and 40. But Peter sent them all out and knelt down and prayed. And turning to the body, he said, Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes. And when she saw Peter, she sat up. Peter prayed. He put everybody out the room, but then he prayed. Glory be to God. You know why Peter put those people out the room? He had to put the naysayers out, the people that doubted, the people that were fearful, the people that were going to speak negatively. He put them out the room. Glory be to God. And you got to put them out because you know what? There are people that will talk you right out of your miracle. They will tell you, God, how God going to do that? How, how you going to get that? Well, you don't know who I know. Glory be to God. You obviously don't know the God that I know. Hallelujah. Because my God can do anything. The perseverance to pray. We have to persevere in prayer. That's the only place we're going to persevere at is in prayer. Let's look at Judges. Then Samson called to the Lord and said, Oh, Lord God, please remember me and please strengthen me. Just this time, oh, God, that I may at once be avenged of the Philistines for my two eyes. And God answered his prayer. In one act, Samson slew over 3,000 of the Philistines in one act because God heard his prayer. You see, he could have he been feeling sorry for himself, but he prayed. He prayed. And we have to learn how to persevere in prayer. And God will hear our prayers. He will hear them and answer them. Glory be to God. I'm wondering if people even believe that God hears our prayers. Because he does. Hallelujah. I have prayed countless prayers that God has answered. As a matter of fact, he has exceeded my expectation. I prayed for this and he gave me that and some. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. I want to read a few more to you tonight. 
Second Corinthians. Well, we talked about this one. Concerning this, I implored the Lord three times that it might leave me. That was the, the Apostle Paul praying about that thorn in his side. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory, hallelujah. Saints, these are just a few examples. These are just a few examples of the times that people in the Bible prayed and God answered the prayer. Glory be to God. God is still on the throne. He is still answering prayer. Hallelujah. Answering our prayers. The prayers that you don't pray, they're not getting answered, though. You got to pray these prayers. We have to persevere in prayer. Glory be to God. I don't care what the situation is. I don't care what the disease is. I don't care what the doctor report says. I believe the report of the Lord. And his report says he was wounded for my transgressions. He was bruised for my iniquities. The chastisement of my peace was upon him, and with his stripes, I am healed. You know what they said about me? They said, once a crack addict, always a crack addict. Glory be to God. But here I am saved today, 29 years. Saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, fire baptized. Why? Because of prayer. Because I cried out to the Lord on my knees. I cried out in sincerity. The effectual, fervent prayer of the righteous avails much. When you cry out to God from the depths of your heart, God will answer your prayers. But we have left off praying. We have prayed to God. We have stopped talking to God. And the people of God want to know why their prayers are not being answered. It is because the people are not praying. No longer praying. COVID-19 came out. You know what happened? Everybody started magnifying COVID-19 instead of magnifying the Lord. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endures to all generations. Oh, I will bless the Lord at all times, and his praises shall continually be in my mouth. I'm going to pray to my God. I'm going to praise his name no matter what it looks like, no matter what the situation, what it says it is. I'm going to pray and call upon the name of the Lord because if anybody can help me, it's my father. He can do anything but fail. We have got to persevere in prayer. You don't know what's coming around the corner. You don't know what's on the horizon. It's going to take prayer. It's going to take prayer, 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 prayer. The church has got to get back on its knees. Even the revival, so many people have been saying, we need revival, we need revival. But you have to pray for revival. I did some studies on um, the revival, Azusa Street revival, and how it was a black man, a one-eyed black man, 
William Seymour, who put his head in a brown paper bag, and he prayed. He prayed, and God answered. God sent revival. And then the Wall Street revival was started by um, some businessmen, some Wall Street businessmen, 12 of them, got together for a noonday prayer. Glory be to God. Jesus. Prayer brought revival. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. The people of God prayed for revival, and God sent the revival. And we need revival in this nation right now. We need it yesterday. Our young people, they don't even know the Lord. Many of them don't even know the Lord. Many of them are in all sorts of gangs and violence. Just it's just it's it's just bad. But you know what? If we pray, the word of the Lord says, If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. He said, then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sins. I will heal their land. We need the Lord to hear from heaven, forgive our sins, and heal our land. But it's going to take prayer. Second Chronicles in 7 and 14 is the recipe for revival. We have to humble ourselves and pray. America is high-minded, full of pride. Spirit is in this land. I've never seen people so full of pride in all my life. People that have been diagnosed with diseases won't even pray. Won't even pray have more confidence in the doctors, more confidence in their medicine and their equipment than you do in God. Some are trusting in chariots. Some are trusting in horses. But we will remember the name of the Lord. For the name of the Lord is a strong tower, and the righteous can run in and are saved. Glory be to God. Persevere to pray. If you don't do anything else, make sure that you pray. Pray in the morning, pray in the evening, and pray at night. But make sure that you pray. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You can't go wrong with prayer. Hallelujah. You'll never go wrong with prayer. Thank you, Jesus. Let us call upon the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. I want to pray with you tonight before we end this broadcast. Those of you that are listening, hallelujah, pray with me. Heavenly Father, 
please give me the perseverance to pray faithfully and consistently. People say prayer changes things, but they are incorrect, Lord. It is you, almighty God, who changes things when we pray. Lord, teach us to pray about everything so that we won't worry about anything. Father, we ask you to teach us to pray in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Amen. I pray that this broadcast has blessed you tonight. I pray that you would persevere in prayer. I pray that whatever your situation is, whatever you're going through, that if you would pray, I want to make this challenge to you. If you will pray, God will move. But if you don't pray, God won't move. Glory be to God. So the challenge is to pray. Pray and ask God, not just one time, pray consistently. Pray continually and consistently. Pray faithfully unto God concerning your situation. You know, the Bible tells us in the New Testament about a woman who went before the king day and night. And the king was not even a righteous man. She went before the king with her petition. And the king was not even a godly man. But she wearied him. She just kept going before him and kept going before him with this situation. And the king decided one day, I better answer this woman, lest she weary me. And the king granted, the unrighteous king granted her petition. That's what I mean by consistent, be consistent in prayer. Don't just pray one time and then scratch that off the list, like a, a check mark. Like, I brought, okay, I've already prayed, now what? God wants you to be consistent in prayer. Pray without ceasing, as the Word of God tells us in 1 Thessalonians 5 and 18. Hallelujah. I want to make this challenge to you. We're coming into a new year. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. New Year's, we make New Year's resolutions, but I'm not asking you to make a New Year's resolution. I'm asking you, because Christians don't do that, asking you to accept this challenge, to pray consistently concerning your petition and your desire, and watch God answer. Watch God work on your behalf. Watch God move. Pray without ceasing about that thing that you desire God to do. You know that it can't be done if God don't do it. So I am asking you to pray, 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 and watch God work. This is Evangelist Janet Taylor coming to you live from Walls of Fire Deliverance Ministry International. May God bless you. I pray this word has touched you tonight. I pray that you have been inspired 
to pray and that you will persevere in prayer. God bless you and Merry Christmas. Amen. Good night.